We open God's Word today to the book of John, the 13th chapter, beginning in the 31st verse. May the Holy Spirit add His blessing to the reading of His Word. John 13, 31 begins, Therefore, when He had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in Him. If God is glorified in Him, God will also glorify Him in Himself, and will glorify Him immediately. Little children, I am with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, now I say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Would you pray with me? Good and gracious Father, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to come together and join our hearts. We recognize, Lord, that there is so much going on. There's been much going on this week and throughout the weekend. But we remember and confess that we are yours and the very purpose of our existence is to praise you. And so we have come this day to honor you, to love you, to hear the voice of your Holy Spirit So push away yesterday, help us to forget about tomorrow, and simply be in this moment to love you, to hear you, to worship you, because we confess that we are yours and you are worthy. Come Holy Spirit, move freely within us, in Jesus' name, amen. This week I read a story about a director of a prison ministry in Oregon, and this man was a faithful instructor. He came every week to teach a seminar, and uh, the prisoners would come. After a few weeks of teaching this one particular seminar, he noticed there were three fellows in the back, and all they seemed to do was to come to kind of mock him. You know, they'd whisper, they'd make snide remarks at one another, and after a couple more weeks, he got kind of tired, and he didn't embarrass them or anything, but after the seminar was over, he went up to him and he said, hey, fellas, Why is it that you even bother coming here? They all kind of replied, boredom. You know, there's not much to do in prison, and so they were looking for something to do. They went on to say, hey, man, we know that you're a fraud. We know that Christianity is a fraud, but we came anyway. At the end of the session, all three men took uh, angel tree applications. Maybe some of you know what those are. It's a program to provide Christmas presents to children of prisoners. They took the application and they they said to prove that Angel Tree was a fraud as well. And I read that and I thought to myself, my goodness, that's a lot of cynicism. Well, a few months later, the same man came back to the prison and, and he was teaching another class. He noticed that the three men had come back too, but this time they were listening. They were attentive. They were eager to talk. They were really focused on what he was saying and he couldn't understand it. He went back at the end of it and he said, guys, what's changed? One man responded to the director. He said, after Christmas, my boy came to visit me. He had on a new shirt and a beautiful new toy. He held it proudly in his hands. He was all smiled, and he thanked me for sending him that present. See, the presents were brought by prison fellowship. They were delivered by volunteers in the name of Jesus, but on behalf of his daddy. 
He said, why did you come back? The prisoner said, you showed us you have something real. And we're back to learn more about this Jesus. I read that and I thought to myself, it is if love put on flesh to meet the needs of those prisoners. Over these last several weeks, we've been looking at some of the characteristics of Jesus that he's called us to model. I hope you remember some of them. Remember also that how closely the, these characteristics match the description of love that we find in 1 Corinthians. For instance, we know from 1 Corinthians it says that love is patient. And so Jesus was our example of non-retaliatory love. Do you remember that one? Love is kind, and so Jesus became the master servant. Love does not boast. And so we see in Jesus the humility of the deity. Love is not rude. And so Jesus was the perfect gentleman. Love is not self-seeking. And so Jesus made no effort to please himself. Love keeps no record of wrongs. And so Jesus forgave you and I without limits. Love also perseveres. And so just last week we learned that Jesus is our model of endurance. And as we read those words, isn't the conclusion the same? It is if love put on flesh to meet the needs of those imprisoned. As I prepared this message for this week, and actually as I prepared them individually, you know, I thought, okay, I can handle one of these, you know. Uh, on a good day, I can be humble. Uh, on a good day, I can forgive. But this week, as I began to put all of the list together, and I started, it felt like it was just overwhelming to me, all of these characteristics that we are to emulate, that we are to follow. And perhaps as you consider that list, as we hold it up to our own lives, maybe you feel the same way. So how do we address this list? How do we not become overwhelmed but become overcomers ourselves. the first thing is this I think the most important thing we can do is we commit to being a Christ follower I think it's found in verse 34 again it says a new commandment I give to you that you love one another even as I have loved you that you love one another and, you know, I was honestly kind of puzzled by that verse this week because I, I read it and I thought to myself, you know, that's not really a new commandment. We can go all the way back to Exodus 20. It, it says, you know, the first four commandments are about loving God and the other six then are about how we're to love one another. We can turn over to Deuteronomy, the second reading of the law. We see the same thing. Love the Lord your God with everything you are. Love each other out of that first love. Likewise, Jesus in the Gospel of Luke as he is responding to a, a young lawyer who's trying to trick him. He's trying to trap him. In 1026, it says, what is written in the law? How does it read to you? And the lawyer responded, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And I thought to myself this week as I studied John, how is this a new commandment? It's a new commandment because Jesus answers Love one another even as I have loved you. Those last six words, even as I have loved you, make it new. Now, now stop for just a minute and just think with your mind and with your heart, how did Jesus love you? He, he loved you with everything. He loved you 
sacrificially. He laid down his life for you. We know very well. Say it with me, will you? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is love personified. This is love defined in the flesh. And this is what Jesus is talking about in that kind of confusing first passage where he's talking about glorification. I and you, and, and, and I and my Father, and my Father in me, and, and we don't really understand that. We, we look at the word glorification. When we look at glorification, it, it means to us, you know, well, I'm about to receive an award. I'm about to get all of the attention. When Jesus is saying glorification, he's referring to the cross. He's referring to his perfect obedience to God. This is love. And this is the example, the visual that Jesus gives to us and by his scripture and by his spirit says to us today, now go and love each other the same way. And this is hard, isn't it? This is an incredibly high standard that Jesus has sent for us. It was so hard that he struggled with it in the Garden of Gethsemane. And if the Son of God struggles with this kind of love, if we're going to have any hope of doing that, then we must keep his sacrifice in the forefront of our thoughts and our prayers. Because in the shadow of the cross, there is no impatience. In the shadow of the cross, what do I have to boast about? What score is to be kept? I was thinking this morning, in the shadow of the cross, I don't want my score kept. Now how can I keep it against others? In the shadow of the cross, there is no reason to boast. There is no reason to be rude. In the shadow of the cross, there is only humility and love. And so if we are going to have any chance of fulfilling this great commandment, then we must keep his sacrifice in our mind, in our heart, in our actions. Oh, but that list, we say to ourselves, that list is so long, that list is so hard, these Christ-like characteristics, true enough. And so the second thing I'd say to you this morning is, don't focus on the list, rather focus on love. Focus on the single one in front of you. Don't worry about saving the world. Don't worry about the list. Just worry about love, loving that one person that stands in front of you. Because lists are dry, but love will compel you to walk the extra mile. Lists are brittle and will make us brittle as well, but love renews and restores. Checking off a list of to-dos like the, the Pharisees used to do, that will only help us to focus on ourselves, but love will lead us to freedom, to joy. There was a little boy that came in with his dad this week. And so often the people come into the church, they are looking for help, and, and we do our very best to do it. This is one that had come back repeatedly. It kind of makes you wonder what's going on. 
and things began to race through my mind. But I was so very thankful at that point that I didn't question it. I'd just been writing this sermon, and I looked from the father down to this little boy, this little cherub face, and I just thought, this, this is it. It's not about saving the world. It's about being a blessing to this one child that stands in front of you. And see, we can do that. We'll get overwhelmed if we think about the whole list, but it's not our job to save the world. We'll get overwhelmed if we think about everything, but we can be a blessing to that one child, to that one parent. We can do that. And I was thinking this morning as I was going through it, I think that will be life-changing for us as we look back 10, 20, 30 years from now. We look back on those little faces and how they'll add up and how they'll change us. We can't save the world, but that was never our job anyway. We're just to love that one. And that we can do. And if we have a hard time focusing on that one, look over that little one's shoulder to the one, the capital O-N-E, one, that laid down his life for you that's waiting and watching to see what you'll do. The one that said these words, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Truly I say to you, the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. So first we keep that image the great gift, the sacrifice of Jesus on our thoughts and in our prayers. Secondly, we love the one that's right in front of us. And, and finally, I'll just say this. Listen, remember that all around you there is a cynical world that is watching you carefully. I was driving through the parking lot this morning, and some of you have that Jonesboro Height Baptist Church on, the, on your front bumper. I love that. I don't know why I don't have one. Why don't I have one? I should have one. Some of you got the fish on the back. People mock the fish. I think the fish is good. And some of you came this morning with crosses around your neck, you know. Do you know what all three of those are saying? Do you know what all three of those are saying? They're saying, watch me, world. Watch me. Because I'm different. And I want you to watch me, and I want you to follow me as I follow Jesus. And I promise that I won't let you down. And if you're one that's man likes to have the fish on your bumper sticker but lay on the horn, something's got to change. Either the fish has got to go or you got to change. Oh, some of you are cringing. All right. Watch me, world. Because I'm telling you, I'm different. And I want you to have what I have. So follow me as I follow Christ. Remember Remember what that prisoner said. I needed to see that you were real. I remember when I was a little boy. I know right now you're going to have a hard time believing this, but I got in trouble all the time. All the time. Oh, yes, I see you doubting it, but it's true. And my dad had called me to the carpet on this or that, you know, and uh, I would say nine out of ten times I was guilty. And dad was kind of a big guy, and he was kind of scary, you know. And uh, they had a certain jaw muscle in his jaw that would start moving, and I knew, oh, man, I am in trouble. 
and he had change in his pockets, and the faster he hit that change in his pockets, the more trouble I was in. And if it was really going, I'd go, oh, Daddy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Daddy. And I promise you, I promise, Daddy, I'll never do it again. And I am so sorry, Daddy. Did you ever say that to your daddy? Dad was a big man with a big, deep, and resonant voice, and he would look down at me and say, Son, talk is cheap. Actions speak louder than words. Did your daddy ever say that to you? If he didn't, I think we could all agree that your heavenly father has. Because remember how that prisoner responded? He said, You showed us something real, and we're back now to learn more about this Jesus. These prisoners had seen him. You know, they had participated in that do unto others before they do unto you. They had become hardened. They had become cynical. And we just know from experience that no amount of words is ever going to break through that shell until someone showed them love just like Jesus did for you. Child, talk is cheap, but actions speak. And now we go and we show the love in the name of Jesus in order to pay the price of admission into people's lives. So yes, we meet that need that's right in front of us. We look into their eyes. We know that Jesus loves them just as much as he loves me, any uh, any of us, because his love is perfect. But we, we also do it so that we meet this need, but we're meeting the greatest need of all. So we have the opportunity to share Jesus. We're not about doing good deeds just for good deeds sake. That's not an end to itself. That means we're just trying to make ourselves feel good. That's only going to lead to weariness and dryness. But if we do it in the name and in the power of Jesus, we have the opportunity to break through the cynicism of the world and make an eternal difference. I think about that little boy. We think about the kids that are coming in Awana. And think about the, as they accept Christ, the ripples that are going to go out, the ripples that are going to go out across decades, maybe centuries, because there's someone here today that loves like Jesus, that's going to see the great hurt, that's willing to break through the cynicism and love like you have been loved in order to make an eternal difference. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 14, For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few, he said, there are few who find it. The narrow path that leads to life, the narrow path that leads us home is the disciples' path. And the disciples' path has very clearly identified checkpoints, signs along the way to make sure that we're on the right path. We know that they're the right checkpoints because they're the very ones that Jesus demonstrated for us. The checkpoints, the signs of non-retaliation, of humility, of being a servant, being gentle, forgiving, not keeping a score, and being obedient to the Father. This was the example of the one we call master. 
And we, his disciples, are called to follow and to do it all out of love. Would you pray with me? Holy Lord, we thank you. How could we do anything but stop and thank you for what you have done in our lives? As long as there is breath in our lungs, we will praise you because you are worthy. There are not enough words, there is not enough time to thank you from the life of destruction that each one of us was leaving. There's not enough words to thank you for an eternity with you. But we commit together this day to do our best to love like you loved. And we know that we cannot do this without you. So Holy Spirit, come. Meet us at the crossroads where we face that one that you have put in our path. The crossroads where we're tempted to move and turn away and harden our hearts or stay and get dirty and love like you loved. We cannot do this without you. But we know through Christ all things are possible. So out of the love that we have for you, help us to love others. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.